Hey friends, welcome to Coffee with Zeb. I don't even know what episode this is. It's been a hot minute since I've been here, but I am recording live on campus at Life University from stairwell number two in the Seagus building. Um, but yeah, I uh, recently realized this week that there's some people who listen to this podcast and they've missed hearing from me and I, I've been busy. I've had some things come up and I was like, you know what, maybe maybe I shouldn't be doing this podcast thing, but, but I... I've just had so many things happen that I'm like, you know what? If somebody can get a little bit of value out of this, it's definitely worth sitting down and recording. And so I guess I want to update from where I left off, uh, which would have been a quarter and a half ago or more than a quarter and a half ago. And uh, gosh, it's like some big things happen. Like we, we adopted again and we, uh, moved to a new apartment and my dad broke his arm. So I moved, I went up to, I moved my whole family up to North Idaho for like five weeks, um, at the end of last quarter and was taking care of him. And um, now I'm back at school. It's fifth quarter pathology's kicking my butt and so is everything else. And, um, the world is just a wild place, but let me, let me dive in a little more in depth about like this stuff. Cause uh, I think there's a lot of good lessons to be learned in it. Uh, firstly, it's like this adoption. So uh, for those of you who don't know, my wife and I, we have three kids, uh, Esther, Eden, and now Ezra. And uh, two of them are adopted, uh, one bio. And uh, um, back when we first got pregnant in 2013, before we even had Esther, uh, my wife and I always had a heart for adoption. And, and we realized, you know, there's plenty of good kids out there that just don't have good parents. And so while we could, you know, make plenty of our own, um, why not expand our family by bringing some of these kids into our household and helping them find a life that, that you know, help them realize the potential that God's given them. And so um, shortly after we gave birth to Esther, we um, were, and I, and I say we, like, you know, like I was there. I mean, I was there, but um, in the birth process, you guys, if you haven't had the, the chance, you definitely need to look into Ina May's um, Guide to Childbirth because it's, it's powerful. And for me as a man, it was really actually affirming that I do have a role to help help emotionally and, and almost metaphysically help my wife shoulder the the experience of childbirth. And I don't want to say like the pain, but like the experience, because it's, it's really something beautiful to behold. Um, but shortly after Esther was born, uh, we felt called, like I think a lot of, I mean, just to be blunt, like uh, white middle-class Christian people do and they want to go to China and help with the orphan situation over there, adopt a little girl. And, uh, and when we started looking into it, it turns out that um, China changed their laws. So there was actually a shortage of orphans. And it's like, hallelujah, praise God. And so after that, we were looking at Kyrgyzstan, which you probably have never heard of, but it's it's a former Eastern Bloc country, uh, kind of in the Mongolia area. And uh, it's kind of a melting block uh, pot of, of different cultures because it's there between Russia and Asia and Europe. Um, but anyway, turns out that's where everyone else went looking for orphans. And so they had a shortage of orphans too. And we're like, well, hallelujah, praise God, you know? Um, and so while we were kind of waiting, the agents who we were working with said, Hey, we know you're really into Kyrgyzstan, but please consider this listing from Bulgaria. And that's how we found it. Eden, um, who just so happens to only be 30 days younger than Esther. We brought her home and that was an amazing journey. And, and that's something that I would love to talk with you more in depth about, but there's no way I'm putting that story on the internet because um, that's my kid's story and it's very personal. And 
I'm more than glad to share it with my friends and people who sincerely ask. But um, suffice it to say, she came home with a lot of problems on paper that turned out to not be true and a lot of problems that were true. And between chiropractic and this chiropractic lifestyle that we live, she's been fully rehabilitated. And it's been, uh, like I want to say miraculous, but really it's just the restoration of function. And so it's really the way she should have been the whole time. But when people live outside of our chiropractic paradigm, um, there's no telling how sideways their life can get. And so there we were. We, we have two kids, and, and we know that we want to expand our family, have at least three kids. And so in 2018, when we decided that we were going to move from Colorado to go to school, my options were um, Life West in, in California, but cost of living was too expensive, so I wasn't going to do that. Here's the thing. If I was a young single guy and I could just, like, buy an eight-bedroom house and, like, split it, like, 15 ways and, like, cut rent that way, like, I could make living in California work. But for my family, we need our own space. And so I couldn't. Uh, the other option was New Zealand College of Chiropractic, which is a phenomenal school, very principled, but it's international. So I wasn't sure how the my government loan money was going to come through for that. And also, I can't adopt in New Zealand because I'm not a New Zealand citizen. And now, you know, after the scandemic and all that, it's like, okay, well, I'm glad I wasn't in New Zealand for that. Really see God's hand in that. Um, but then we came to Georgia and we can adopt in Georgia. And in Georgia, it's um, better cost of living. And so there were a lot of things going for Life University on top of the fact that it is very vitalistic, very principled in spite of having to play politics in current events. Um, and it's where all my mentors said they wish they went to school. So came to life. And uh, in 2018, we were renting this three bedroom house because we like we believe in like um, acting out in faith. And so if we believe that God has given us this kiddo and that he's going to be coming to our home, then we better have a space for him. And so we're planning on becoming foster parents. But uh, the thing is, to become a foster parent, you have to like vaccinate everybody in your family because of like a federal mandate that says that, you know, you have to vaccinate your whole family against whooping cough in case if you get an infant placement, even though you can decide what placements you take and they can decide whether or not they want to place a child with you. So really, it's just um, a metagocracy. Uh, but don't get me started on that. So anyway, in 2018, we uh, had a social care social worker over and she like checked us out and she's like, you guys are great. All we got to do is get all your paperwork done and get all your vaccine records and we're good to go. And we said, well, we don't do vaccines. She said, well, then we can't have you. Sorry. And uh, and this is where I'm going to go ahead and make a plug for uh, uh, Dr. Wilson and his wife, Leah Wilson, who operate the nonprofit um, Stand for Health Freedom and what they do is they actually campaign in Washington to make sure that laws are passed that allow people to maintain the rights over their own bodies. And the thing is, whether you believe in vaccines or not, the, the ability to choose whether or not you get them should be a basic human right, um, just like having anything else put in your body against your will. So that's my never humble opinion on that. Um, so anyway, we were kind of at an impasse there. And so we've been in limbo for years waiting for this son of mine to appear and for a, a path to bring him home to show up and so through a long series of events we ended up getting matched with him and we brought him home in may and he's six and a half and he's a cute little kid and uh, he was diagnosed with several things and it turns out when you bring a child into a safe home where their cortisol can come down their lid comes down they they are able to integrate as a as a person and so it was really cool to see see that transition. We're still working on a lot of stuff too, because I mean it's only been a few months. 
Um, but yeah, I've, I've been busy, not to mention taking on a full course load at life. Um, I mean, this quarter I'm doing 29 and a half credits because I got to make up for immunology that I failed last quarter. And uh, it's tough. Like my time management has never been more on point. My state management has never been more on point. And I think I've also never been happier. Like it's, it's good to see my family has come together and that my kids are in my house and there's no more worrying and wondering, like, did we mishear God? Did we misunderstand what he wanted for our lives? Why are all these doors closing? And just at the moment when we gave up, we got the referral and it's been so cool to see. And uh, so then the following week we had to um, change apartments because my apartment complex, we basically told them to heck with you guys, we're out of here uh, when our lease is up. And they were like, cool, good luck. And we we're looking around, there was no place as cheap as that. In fact, we were like, well, we're gonna continue to make this whole money thing work. Because the thing is, I keep Lauren at home so she can homeschool our kids. Um, so they don't have to be exposed to all the craziness out there. Um, but that also means that we're just living on my grad plus loans. And so we're really counting on the fact that I'm going to be a high volume doctor when I get out. And that's fine with me because I want to save a lot of lives. I want to help a lot of people get health breakthroughs they're not going to find anywhere else. And uh, so anyway, we're like, hey, see you guys later. And they're like, fine. And then we were like, oh, actually, can we stay? And they were like, well, we actually already rented out your unit, but this other unit is available. So why don't you move over there? So we relocated this other unit. And that was stressful and crazy. And then like the following week, my uh, sister calls me. The thing is my family is like moderately dysfunctional. Like we don't call each other routinely. We only call each other in emergencies. And I'm just like, well, great. This is great. My, my dad's dead. Somebody's dead. Like somebody died. I need to call her back right now. So I'm freaking out. Call her back. Turns out dad had slipped and fallen and broken his arm. And, uh, and it wasn't like a like fall and break your hip situation. It was like he was out in the yard and he's got like his driveway and then he's got his garden and he was like trying to go over to his garden, but he's got this, um, you ever seen those like dog zip lines, like the wire that the dog's leash goes on and the dog can like run back and forth across the yard while being attached to this thing that's over their head. Well, he has a little dog, so it was actually kind of close to the ground. And so he would step over it and I guess it had been raining or something. And he was like trying to get to his garden. And so he slipped and fell with his right arm on the like concrete patio and uh it hurt like hell he said and so finally the next day he has a buddy of his take him down to the emergency room they take x-rays and the er doctor says well you definitely have a fracture um but it'll probably heal on its own we might need to do surgery he was like okay well this hurts like hell but you're the doctor so cool so he goes home the next day I'm talking to my dad about this experience and he's like, hold on, the doctor's calling. So he puts me on hold. The calling doctor says, Hey, um, we need to schedule your surgery as soon as possible. Um, cause this is, this is definitely probably going to need surgery. And, uh, so my dad tells me that and I'm like, red flags are coming up. Cause you know, like, like I want to be not anti-medicine. I want to be not anti-vax, but like, I've just seen so many people get sucked into the vortex of like, Hey, so, um, this thing's not working according to our standards. So you're going to have to have this crisis intervention. Oh, that crisis intervention caused your body to go into this cascade. So now we need to do this crisis intervention. And next thing you know, your family member is on life support and you're a million dollars in the hole trying to just bring them back from the brink of death because some doctor accidentally slept with a scalpel that should have never been in there in the first place. And that may sound extreme, but until you've, you've been there and you've seen, um, You've seen the cascade, the downward spiral of medicine, like you can't understand it. So 
Um, I'm telling my dad, like, hey, no, don't get into surgery. Like, you need to get a second opinion. You need to take your x-rays to our chiropractor. I want to see your x-rays. Like, what's going on? And my dad's just in pain, you know? And so he's like, whatever. And um, finally, I see the x-rays. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, dang. Like, like for those of you, I mean, you guys have all taken basic anatomy. So the humerus has a ball and it has the shaft, right? And they should be lined up with each other. And if there's a hairline fracture, they'll still be lined up with each other, right? Well, on my dad's x-ray, the ball is still in the glenoid fossa, uh, still right in his shoulder. And the shaft has moved medially exactly the width of the shaft. So it's not even close to lined up. Like, this is a full break. Like, the, the medullary cavity is exposed to, like, the rest of the interior of his body. Like, I'm surprised he doesn't have swelling and, like, all sorts of crazy stuff going on. Like, yeah, we got to put a plate in that. We got to put screws in it. We got to, like, let's stabilize this thing. Because my dad's walking around like Raggedy Ann doll. And it's all like, in my mind, I'm like, this first doctor, like I want his license because he, he had no business reading that x-ray. I mean, that's an x-ray that my dad could read, you know, and he's a barber. Like I'm, I'm a first year chiropractic student. Of course I can read it. Like, and the doctor overseeing the emergency room said, oh, you might need to get surgery. It'll probably heal on its own. So anyway, I'm a little frustrated about that. Still a little frustrated, still working on that. But anyway, so my sister's trying to plan her wedding. Um, which is supposed to happen over my break. She like scheduled her wedding so that my family could see her. And so she's trying to plan a wedding. She's running my dad's barbershop and uh, also taking care of my dad and his chickens and his dog and like all this stuff, right? Like life is full of things. And when things fall apart, you're like, you realize how important your health is. And so we're like, you know what? Let me talk to all my lab instructors, take my lab practicals a week early and all the other stuff, praise God, is online right now. So I was able to truck all the way up to Idaho, take my wife, my three kids, you know, my newest son, um, and my two dogs all up to Idaho and take care of dad, take care of his chickens, take care of his garden. My sister's able to focus on her wedding. Barbershop had just hired a new barber who's like really proficient at what he does. So like that was working smoothly and it got to be a really like beautiful vacation and a chance for us to just reconnect with my hometown. And uh, man, it was so good. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever been to North Idaho, but you got to go. You got to go to Lake Ponderay. You got to go to the city of Sandpoint. It's that's the town I grew up in. And it's got a, a ski mountain in the backyard and it's got a Lake Ponderay in the front yard. And it's got all the small town vibes and the tourist trap goodness. And um, gosh, it's got this ice cream shop right near the city beach. The city beach is like this uh, like peninsula of sand that goes out into the lake and like everybody goes there. Like we have people who visit from Russia to like come and visit our city beach. And uh, this ice cream stand, like they make all the ice cream from scratch, from all natural ingredients. Oh man, so good. Got to teach my kids how to swim. Got to go out with my brother-in-law on the boat. Got to meet up with my brother again for the first time in years and meet his kids, my, my nieces and nephews I haven't met in a long time. Um, ever, actually. Man, my whole family is like so dysfunctional. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone I said that, right? Um, but overall, I've just come to realize like how blessed I am and how everything that's happened in my life, um, it's like a, my mentor says, he says, what happened happened and it couldn't have happened any other way. And so the way things are right now couldn't be any different than they are right now. Otherwise, they would be. Otherwise, things would be different. Um, so all that's left is to accept what you have in the past, be fully present with where you are right now, and don't fear the future because... I mean, the future doesn't even exist yet, you know? Like, when we fear the future, we simply fear our imagination and what it thinks the future will hold. 
So I've been really working on like living in the moment, being fully present, reducing my expectations of people. And uh, it's been really life-giving to me. And so now I'm excited to get back on this podcast situation and, uh, and share with you guys some of the, the nuggets that I'm learning. Um, oh, did I mention I went to camp? I've been to camp a couple times since like probably the last time we talked. Uh, the Max Living, they do this camp in Florida and it's awesome. It's it's so good. Like get to hang out. Like like imagine like a micro Tony Robbins seminar just for chiropractors and chiropractic people, and it's so good. Like there's big breakthroughs that happen, and and it was so affirming and life giving to me to go to that. Um, so if you have the chance, I would sign up for that. Um, there's a big Max Living seminar coming up uh, over the break here at Life University. It's actually down in Orlando, Florida. Seminars are always free for for students. Um, and I think if you go with the Max Loving Club, like the rooms are like 150 bucks for like the full weekend. So uh, sign up for that if you can. Uh, talk to your local Max Loving, uh, Max U president on campus or just get on to maxloving.com slash events. You can sign up there. Uh, so that's my plug for them. Just so you know, I don't get any money from them when I say that. I just really love everything Max Loving has done. And you guys have heard that before, like how like Max Loving's transformed my life. Um, but one of my big takeaways at camp was I need to get back to this vision board thing. And I know for a lot of guys, like vision boarding is, is really intimidating. But as I'm like, I was working on creating this vision board, making sure that the things that I want in my future reality really look real to me. Um, I ran across this random YouTube video. I don't remember who the gal's name was or like what her channel was, but she was talking about um, a vision board you take with you everywhere. And it's where you basically take every item on your vision board and you put it on an index card. Or for me, what I did was I just basically made a table in a Word document and printed out my flashcards and cut them out. And what you do is you basically just make a deck of visions for yourself. And so mine's got like, you know, smiling pictures of my family, my core values, all sorts of really good stuff. I actually, tell you what, I'll actually take a minute and go through it with you because that'll be a good action step for you guys. And here's the thing. I could sit here and talk all day, love to just shoot the shit and BS and all that. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't make your life like measurably better, it's not worth it. So let me just take you through my vision deck and maybe this can be more applicable to you because then you don't have to put a vision board out where your roommate can see it and you can actually keep it with you and you can review your values just like you would go through like a deck of flashcards. Um, so the first flashcard should be the same for everybody. It says, if you're reading this, that is proof that you are working on your dreams because a lot of us, we, we feel like we're not doing enough to go and get the life that we want. Like we're insecure about like, hey, am I doing everything I could? That other guy's like got everything I want and like I'm not working as hard as he is, all that stuff. It's like, listen, the first card should say, if you are reading this, that is proof that you're working on your dreams. So lower the bar and then you can exceed your expectations and you can keep building success on success. Um, next card is what my personal mission is. And so my personal mission is to empower families to express the full potential of their health. And so like I meditate on that in the morning, around lunchtime, around dinner time. It's like, okay, that starts with my family. We're going to express the full potential of their health. So, you know, you look at these cards and you can chew on them for a minute. Um, the next one is your core beliefs. Um, next one is, so I put in here um, the core values of Max Loving because um, they're my people. That's my tribe. So I want to identify with my tribe and their great core values. Um, and then I have the core values of the clinic I'm going to work in. Oh, that's another thing I forgot to tell you guys about. I got to meet with a, a doctor up in North Idaho who has a vision for like taking over the Idaho panhandle. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to revolutionize health for that entire region. And uh, so anyway, I want to work in his clinic and 
I want to partner with him and I want to open more clinics with him. And uh, so anyway, I found his core values and I put them on a flashcard so they become my core values so that I can integrate with his team, even though I'm not physically there yet. Already getting my head in that space, which is really what visioning is all about, is getting your head in the space where you're going um, or where you want to go so that as life continues to give you opportunities, you recognize them instead of like just looking at all the problems. Um, next one is I have a statement that tells me when I'm happy. So um, a lot of times, this was the thing I got from camp where like we have all these conditions for being happy. Like I have to have this and this and this and this, um, but to be depressed, it's easy. Like, well, if this happens or if this happens or if this happens, it's like 30 items. If any one of those happens, you're completely depressed. So what you got to do is you change the rules. And so you decide I'm going to be healthy and happy anytime that I do this or if this happens, or if this happens, so you make a long list of things that could go right that you have control over, and you decide that you're going to be happy when you do those things. So I am healthy and happy anytime that I drink water, or I breathe deeply, or I dance. Um, Dancing is another thing I've discovered. Like, you know, I'm, I'm into this whole Messianic Judaism thing, and it turns out Jewish people have some really happening music. So um, I love dancing. <laughs> and then what you do is you do the opposite for your depression thing. Like I can only be depressed if A and B and C and D all happen on the same day. So mine is I can only be depressed if I lose my marriage and I lose my friends and I drop out of school and I shit my pants on the same day. And so my wife and I, we, we chuckle about this as like, you know, whatever's going on, we can laugh and be like, well, at least I didn't shit my pants yet, you know? So anyway, sorry if my swearing offends you guys, but actually I'm not that sorry. I do want to clean up the way I talk, but there are some things best said with the right word. Uh, next card is a memento mori card, um, which is like, remember, you're going to die. And so I got a picture of a skull and it says, if this breath were your last one, would you be okay with that? Um, which is a good question to ask yourself on the regular. Because if you're not meeting your potential and you stop and you look at your life in light of eternity, you're like, wow, maybe I am going to get my ass off this couch and do something. Instead of like, oh, you know, I'm good. Life just goes on. It's not a big deal. I'm like, well, but if this was my last breath, would I be satisfied? Um, and then the next one is a list of things you've succeeded at before. Like it says you've done big things before and you can do it again. And I just listed a bunch of things, um, kind of personal to me. But when you're feeling down, it's a good reminder that you are a winner. You're a winner. Picture of my smiling family because I love them. Um, then I have a list of things that my wife likes so that they're at the front of my mind. You know, if I'm at the grocery store, I want to get her a present. It's like, no, don't buy her roses, buy her a bamboo plant. You know, like remember what she likes. Um, next, I have a picture of a man praying because I want to be a spiritual leader. Um, and the next one says, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The thing is like historically all over the world, holy men have seen miracles happen before their eyes. And it's because they live on a different plane and they connect with God in a more sincere and real way. And I think they're able to um, release God's will in their life in bigger and better ways. And as a healer myself, as a doctor, uh, I want to availeth much in the life of my patients. Next, I have a picture of Rich Froning, who is like a CrossFit champion. Um, he just has the physique I want. So like, you know, I just imagine myself with those muscles. And it says on the corner, like, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. I'm like, okay, yep, fitness is important to me. Um, another one is a quote. It says, when the weight presses down, one person gets bent, another person gets ripped. I choose how I relate to the weight. And that's true. Like, whatever happens in life, stress can either make you stronger or it can crush you. The choice is yours. 
So it's good to meditate on. And that's the thing is pepper throughout this. I've got all those quotes that I just want to have at the forefront of my mind. And when you use quotes and you flashcard them all the time, they become part of your vernacular, part of your dialogue. And so you end up start starting to say things like, hey, there's innate value in suffering. Hey, life's not fair, but it is what you make of it. Um, you are who you choose to be. Like these phrases that you identify with, they become part of your culture as you repeat them. Uh, next is a picture of that doc's office in Idaho because I'm going to work there. So I'm going to be part of that team. Um, another one is a quote in this situation. How can I adjust into ease? So here I've got basically a bunch of pictures of things that I want. Like here's someone adjusting a baby. Um, I want to adjust babies. And then I put in a quote or something that I want to empower me. Like even realizing like, hey, things aren't broken. They're just subluxated. And as a chiropractor, I can adjust that. Um, picture my hometown of Sandpoint. Um, another one is like the four, uh, what are the four promises or whatever? Anyway, you'll recognize it when you hear it. I am impeccable with my word. I don't take anything personally. I don't make assumptions. I always do my best. Um, so really good things there. Um, and then picture my smiling kids out having an adventure in the woods. Another quote about my family. Um, a picture of me speaking at a big event. For those of you that don't know, I'm actually, I've got the honor of speaking at the MLX this uh over the break, I'm going to be in the Parade of Stars. I got a five-minute slot because I wanted to showcase a student, and I submitted a video with an essay that I wanted to speak, and they were impressed with it, so they picked me, and um, I'm really excited. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, you guys should go to seminar for everything else, but if you're there, I also would be excited if you got to hear me speak. So uh, shameless plug, but humble request to bless you. So. Um, and then, yeah, that quote, what happened, happened, and it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. I got that there. And then I have a picture of a yellow Jeep. For those of you that don't know, you should just like Google uh, Dr. Sigafoos, yellow Jeep. He does a whole meditation on it. So anyway, I'm going to get a yellow Jeep. Um, and a quote, I spend my health on, wealth on future rewards. Um, flashcard to somebody swimming because I love to swim even though I can't swim. Um, more quotes. Oh, and then here's, here's some more juicy stuff. You have a slide, have a card with your one-year goals on it. Have one with your three-year goals on it, one with your five-year goals, one with your 10-year goals, and that way they're always in front of you. And then the next one is very important. Your next steps in this season are, and then you list a handful of things that are your next steps. And what's cool about this being a deck is this card can change. I can just pull it out, put a new one in. Like as the seasons change, I can update things as I realize them. Like when I get my yellow Jeep, get rid of my yellow Jeep slide because mission accomplished, vision accomplished. Um, as we're like, if you make this big fancy collage and you like put it up in your bedroom and then it's like, oh yeah, I accomplished that thing. But like now I have to redo the whole collage in order to like whatever. So it's crazy. Um, and then I have a passage from, I think it's Isaiah 53 about how the spirit of Adonai Elohim is upon me because Adonai has anointed me to announce good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives. That's my job as a healer. Um, another one's quote, what's my state right now? Control your breathing, control your mind. Um, another one is like, so we all have like a thing that we suck at, right? Like whether it's alcoholism or pornography or some other kind of addiction or other things um, that you're working on, right? Uh, it's good to grab like a little power phrase that you can use to help you out in times of need. And so a good way to start that is only losers fill in the blank. Like one of the docs at camp, he was talking about like, hey, only losers drink too much. And so for him, that helps him stay dialed in. Like he's out having a good time and he's like, hold on remind myself only losers drink too much. So only losers fill in the blank. And like, the thing is you don't want to be a loser. So stop being a loser. And when you start building that belief into your nervous system that 
this activity doesn't serve you. It makes you a loser. It makes you less than what you want to be, which is stuff you already suspect anyway. But you have this phrase that reminds you like, hey, Zeb, remember, only losers do that thing. And you're not a loser. You're a winner. Like that's the assumption there. Like you could even throw that on the bottom. Like only losers, blank, fill in the blank. But you're not a loser. You're a winner. Um, good affirmations. And then the last card I think is maybe the most important one because it really seals the deal. And it says, I am the type of person who does what they say. And yeah, like what I want to assert to you guys as I'm wrapping up this podcast here is like, I, I don't have it all figured out. I don't. I figured out quite a few things, maybe a few more things than you. So you could learn those things, but there's some things that you figured out that I don't know. Um, and so my entire vision deck here is actually incongruent with how I am right now. And that's the point. Whenever you speak to someone, whenever you try to lead someone, whenever you're like, like when I was in, in Bible college learning how to preach, like we were taught that you should always be a little bit of a hypocrite because you should call people to stuff bigger than you. And so this vision deck is all about calling myself to something bigger than I am already. And so I would encourage you guys, um, if you know me personally, hit me up. I'd love to interview you on this podcast. Um, I would love to give you more coaching mentorship, tell you guys my adoption story, all those other things. Um, but I would encourage you to call yourself to something bigger than you are right now and find out that once you get on the other side of it, you actually had enough to get through it. So anyway, you guys go out there, take action, take massive action and get the life you want. Love you guys. Talk to you again soon.